Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today on the uh, on the podcast, we are talking about Brazil coffee. Oh, I'm excited. You're excited. You've have you been to Brazil? I have been very fortunate being to Brazil. I was asked by the government of the Brazils, Brazil, of the Brazils. <laughs> yeah, it's a multiple to Brazils. Say. Yeah, yeah. And they asked, they paid for my airfare and wanted me to be uh, a judge at an international coffee uh, competition. Yeah, well, we'll have to get into that a little bit later. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Bra- Brazil coffee. Where I- I've heard so many things about Brazilian coffee. Mm-hmm. And I've heard lots of good things. And I've heard interesting facts about mm-hmm. you know production, that kind of stuff. What? Uh, where do we start? Well, Brazil is massive. I mean, it's the big machine when it comes to coffee. It's a big coffee country. It is, it's huge. Well, and actually, real quick, what kind of coffee, coffee are we drinking today? We are actually having some Brazil Monte Carmelo um, by Ooh. the Cerrado area. Oh, that's good, mate. Yeah, that's, we should have. For those of you listening on the podcast, we are actually filming this one as well. And oh, right. we'll be posting up a video. So mm-hmm. I was going to say we should have had a, a picture of Brazil behind us. Oh, but Well, you could imagine that picture is a Brazil. Yeah, imagine. Maybe. Anyway, so yeah, it's a large coffee producing yeah. country. Yeah. And large country. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, being 15 years in roasting now, uh, Brazil has been a big player in terms of it's one of those coffees that you use a lot as an estate just by itself. And it's great as a blender as well. And we'll get into some of that, particularly espresso. It's great to have it as a, a blender, as one of mm. your compositions uh, in, in a coffee blend. But uh, for me, two words come to my mind when I think about Brazil. One is, as you said, large. There may be three words actually coming in. <laughs> Another one is Bruno Zusa. Uh-huh. Bruno Zusa. Yeah. He's introduced me really to, to coffee in Brazil mm. um, way back 2004 or so when I first met him at the Caravan Coffee. And uh, he was he's a very, just very alive guy, just out there, big, full on, but like Brazil. <laughs> Colourful, um, lovely guy. I like Bruno. He, I, I did a lot with Bruno. He, we bought a bag of Peaberry, a Brazil Peaberry. It was known as Zeno Peaberry, the name of his dad, actually. Mm. And when I went to Brazil, before I went to the competition, I went to Bruno's farm in the area there, and uh, wow. it's wonderful. So it has a sort of a, a place in my heart. You got a little Brazil. special Brazil-shaped yeah. I should part say, of your heart. If you're ever in Brazil, and he's near uh, Belo Horizonte, um, and he's a, he's a cafe there and a Q-grading place there for coffee it's i think it's called uh, academia do cafe wow so um you should try that out and the other part well i was gonna say lavras which is the place i went to be an international judge lavras l-a-v-r-a-s it's a little little south of of bel horizonte wow and the whole country of brazil and correct me if I'm wrong, is between the tropics of Cancer and the tropic of Capricorn. Correct, and that's that's a very which gives you a large landmass for growing coffee. Well, Brazil may not go between the whole two. Oh, um, gotcha. right. But you've got around about I think it's about seventy countries that uh, are between the those two tropics, and 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 the closer to the equator. Wonderful, Brazil's very much in the, by the equator there, mm. and you've got about seventy countries therefore that can grow coffee. That's where you can grow coffee. By the way, you can grow coffee anywhere. Mm. We we grow some here in in, in Oregon. Uh, I've grown some in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, you used to have potted plants with a little right. bit of yeah, yeah. Little, little kids come along and tear it up, and <laughs> wonderful. Anyway, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, <laughs> but you can grow it anywhere. But the problem with growing anywhere, it doesn't have the quality that you're going to get of coffee between the tropics. Then you've got other things like uh, altitude that's going to affect it. 
and other things that, that make coffee really special and, and quality. Does that have something to do with the, as the earth rotates, the seasons that are captured between the two tropics? or A little bit. It's more, it's, yeah, it's like it's the ocean currents around that area, around the, the equator. Uh-huh. And it's also more, there's less seasonal variation mm. as you get towards the equator. And that helps coffee countries. And it particularly helps Brazil. Because it's it's like in the Cerrado where they grow a lot of coffee. It's like three major parts they they grow coffee in Brazil. And one's in the very like kind of the bottom bottom left kind of quarter of Brazil, right? Oh, There's that like the section down at the bottom. Bottom left. middle, yeah, yeah, yeah south. Uh, it, it started. I mean, it, I probably should tell you. It's got one of the most I think one of the most uh, colorful stories of how coffee started in history. Of, of, of any country, actually. Well, that's, that's a great segue to, to hearing about it. Oh, okay. And I'm going to get the names wrong. And, and the, <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this Translations, <laughs> but uh, I, had to, I had to write down his, um, his name, but his name was Francisco de Melo Palhita. <laughs> I, lo- I probably I lo- didn't do well with that, but it sounded good to me. Anyway, he got sent. He was high up in the in the Brazilian government, and the Brazil. I think they knew about coffee, and they wanted to get into that. So this is before Brazil was a large coffee producer. Yeah, it didn't produce any coffee. This really? we're, talking, we're talking about 1727. I mean, this is early on, and he got. So sent. you were pretty young then. I I was I was just yeah yeah no yeah, no, yeah <laughs> whatever. But anyway, so uh, quite a while ago, and he got sent up there to a dispute between the French and the Dutch, basically, and and um, in Guiana. And his idea was he's going to go there and do that. And on the side, he's going to get coffee. He actually asked for some, just straight out asked for some coffee seeds mm. um, that were living, you know, that you could you could take somewhere and plant right. them and they grow. A lot of places for many years in in, um, in the uh, Arabia Peninsula, they wouldn't allow anyone coffee out. They would they would even boil them to stop them well, I being we, fertile. We talked about we that in the, uh, the history of coffee episode we did. They, yeah, they would boil it so that it wouldn't, so wouldn't he, grow. That's right. He, he he got a big fat no, um, and what he he had a backup plan. Um, yeah, he was quite uh, quite the guy, and he decided ah the governor has a, a wife. Yeah, dance. I'm from Brazil. I can dance. She can dance, and I don't know how this, this is getting a little abstract now. But you know they dance the night away. <laughs> You're ad libbing a little, a little bit so, and she was rather enamored by him. Yeah, and uh, as a parting gift, she gave him a bouquet of roses of flowers. Isn't that nice? Oh, that's so that's sweet. Nice. Yeah. This bouquet of roses had been laced, I guess you say. It had little <laughs> little uh, green seeds of coffee seeds inside the petals of the roses. So he uh-huh. took it home. He planted those. This is way up north now of, of Brazil. And that was the first time Brazil really had uh, the opportunity to grow coffee. It was just commu- wow. It was just domestic, not much, and it, it took quite a few times to get it further south, where it is mm. now today has become the powerhouse of coffee. Right. Wow. So I mean, it really almost the entire, like you said, the powerhouse of coffee today was started by a bouquet of flowers. Exactly, Reed. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Again, I think coffee is so surprising in the ways that you. I don't know. I'm just so amazed that coffee exists and and is so plentiful and in the ways it does, because of the way that it came about was so, you know, yeah, just ridiculous. It's amazing, rare. How, yeah, how the history of coffee, how it's gone from one place to an, to another. And I had talked earlier about. Well, I said I had mentioned, I guess that, that Brazil was a large com- con- country. Yes, <laughs> not, yes, not a company. Um, 
It is the, I'm looking at our notes here, it's oh, the fifth largest country in the world by land mass. Oh, just as size as a country. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, that's, that's an extremely large country. Um, wow. Fifth most, most populated country as well. So a lot of people. Population is huge. Wow. And what about Brazil specifically is so good for coffee? Like, yeah. is it is it climate? Is it the terrain or, you know, how warm it is or anything like that? What What's the... Or, or I guess there's probably more. Well, there's a lot of things, and all the above you just said actually is, is yeah. definitely in there. It's it's still a lot of rainforest going on, and uh, there's a lot of controversy about that. Hmm. Uh, are they? Are they is it, I guess the controversy is it cutting down rainforest to grow coffee? Kind of a controversy. It, it, it's been that way in some parts, yes. And I think it's perhaps getting lessened now as they realise that's not a good idea to do that. Huh. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, the climate is, is is very great for coffee, and that's why coffee grows so well there. As I said, it's a real mild climate, wow. and uh, it's warm, tropical, it, it, and, and yet it doesn't just pour down with rain. It has a quite a long, dry season, which for coffee trees, they love it. Well, and I think that, uh, what was I thinking about? I was, I was reading through our notes, and one of the things that caught me was the the consistency of the country's climate, like you were saying, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how conducive that is to not only the growing of the coffee, but also the processing of the coffee. Yes, yes. And Brazil's worked hard because it's it's a major um, product. I think it was, was one of the major exports, of course, a moneymaker for Brazil. I think soybeans maybe just got ahead of them recently, but that's, wow. that's another story. But for, for almost forever well since 1740 it's been up there 100 yeah 150 years it's been you know the top producing country uh in the world 1727 sorry i got it wrong okay but yeah no it's, it, it is it is and it, i guess is it still even though soybeans for them have taken over yes it's largest export are they still one of the largest exporters of oh coffee? very much they're not only the largest and we may cover this again but it's not only the largest exporter but it's also one of the the largest probably that drink their own coffee themselves. In fact, it's just getting pretty close, if not more, I'm not sure, than the, the consumption of the USA. Wow. Brazilians well, will drink their own coffee. And I've heard, I don't know what country it is, but I've heard of countries that keep the bad coffee for themselves and export oh, mm-hmm. the good coffee, mm-hmm. or maybe vice versa. But mm-hmm. in, is Brazil, I mean, obviously the coffee we're having today is really good. Yes. yes. Um, but is, is that something that, that has an effect as well? Or is Brazil typically manufacturing really good coffee? And so what they keep yes. and export is pretty I mean, similar. there's variation obviously, and there's price differences too, uh, because of that. Cause Brazil does, is a big producer of Robusta. There's two t- main types of right. coffee, Robusta and Arabica. Brazil, you know, 20% of the coffee is Robusta. Which goes towards making decaf coffee? Decaf, or instant, no, no, instant or more, decaf, yeah. yeah, instant coffee. And, and, and just drinking drinking is not only is instant either. And there's some good qualities of, of Robusta. But um, Brazil is, 80% of their coffee, therefore, is, is Arabica, which is, you know, highly sought after in quality uh, coffee. But uh, they, they are the big players. They started, I think... Um, 1880, I'm not sure where it was, but there of, they would be, you know, they produced 80% of the world's coffee. Wow. And as time's gone by, uh, today now it's down to about 35%. It's still huge. Well, and the, they, that's the biggest slice of that pie, though, 35%. No one else has no, that exactly. large of a exactly. cut of it. Wow. Um, and as a country, I, when I, would, I guess one of the things that I was curious about is the 
work environment for Brazil for coffee mm-hmm. has that changed over time? Because I know early on there was some some slavery. Yes, yes. Is that I, I guess where is that? Yeah, it's it has changed, which is good news. And yeah. I think the Britain was the first ones to say let's stop the uh, slave trade. I mm-hmm. think 1888 Brazil in Brazil in, in Brazil. Well, yeah, slaves coming from wherever to to Brazil, yeah, and then shipping them. Uh, 1888 was about when uh, Brazil suddenly said, "Okay, we need to stop this as well." Mm. That's all good. Yes, uh, very good. It takes a lot of time to for that actually to change on the ground. A lot of the big big plantation and Brazil has some huge uh, uh, plantations or you know, coffee farms. And they are very looked at and certified and checked on. There's a lot of smaller ones too. It's mm. the middle ones. Wouldn't surprise me to if if there's some if if it's not slavery, there's some pretty hard conditions for farmers uh, for farm workers, I should say, on right. those farms. Hmm. It's a big place, so some things slip by. Right, and I think well, I mean it's good that, that obviously that's that is in decline, or you know that that's progressing towards being. No longer a thing, even if it's, you know, working towards that, I guess. Um, but also Brazil as a country has been pretty progressive in the coffee industry as far as protecting farmers. Is that also yeah, correct? And that's the strange thing. It's sort of, it's, it's, it's done both. Right. It's had slavery. It's protecting. It's realizing that it needs to do that. It needs to keep uh, the whole uh, um, coffee sector going well, and right. they're also you know high up like or I guess Colombia, Costa Rica out there too in terms of mechanization, um, new techniques, yeah. new technology to to actually get this, this 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 seed from the tree to people like you and I. Let me have a sip. <laughs> well, and I know I just uh, I just realized I'm getting low. <laughs> um, <laughs> So when you say advanced in their technologies, what I guess what are the technologies that that Brazil is um, using or utilizing that is that is making it advanced? They they've done a number of things, and they even have universities over there. I remember when I was in Lavras, I was saying at the beginning, there's a coffee university in that town. Really amazing stuff. Um, they are they're looking at at many aspects. Really, all of them. They're looking at the varietal. They're looking at how they can grow better seeds that are going to be more insect resistant wow. but they're also looking at terms of sorters when the coffee seeds come out um, they've been sorted they've gone through their wet process and then they sort them through sieves and wow. uh, they've got lasers going on all sorts of things that they're working <laughs> wow. out to make sure they get exact the same screen size they need to get so that you and I when we get our coffee mm. it's not all sorts of sizes of screen of, of coffee seeds that can extract differently and therefore taste differently yeah, so when you, when you get when you get Brazil coffee in, do you find it's a it's it's a very consistent bean or consistent coffee like the green coffee itself? Do you find it is more uh, refined than other coffees possibly because of those technologies? Uh, or is it a just, little? Yeah, um, more than some. I mean, you've got places like Sumatra that it's known for very different con- inconsistencies, and right. that's Sumatran coffee, and I love it. 
with Brazil, you've got a lot, a lot of the process of Brazil coffee, a lot of it is natural process. Uh-huh. They've been doing a lot of more semi-pulped uh, or semi-natural recently, which is sort of the best of both worlds. But the natural itself, um, because it, the, 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 the cherry is picked, it's put on the ground, the sun comes out, it incubates in that, and, and then after a, a few days, they'll take the skin off and the, the, the pulp is so dry, it sort of flakes off as well with it. Um, but that just brings inconsistency in terms of how consistently it's been dried, yeah. how much moisture is out of there. Um, and if, it's, if the seed is on one side, the sun comes out, it, it, it gets hotter <laughs> on that side than the other side, right, even right. though they're turning it over, etc. But a natural process, naturally, <laughs> is going to look, colors are going to look different. It's a much more, um, it's a simple way of, of processing coffee. I like it very much. In fact, mm. the coffee we're having today is a natural coffee. And, and by natural process, does that mean, it's, is that the one where they lay it on like a cement pad to dry? Or I guess, what, yes. what, yeah. But what, natural um, or dry, sometimes it's called. Yeah. It basically, it's missed out on the water process. Gotcha. And that's Which a, is like the cleaning process that takes a lot of the 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 pulp away from the, the bean. Yes, that's right. It, it takes the pulp away. Oh, sorry, I'm hitting the microphone here <laughs> on my excitement. Uh, it, uh, it's, 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 it's great for if you don't have a lot of water around because you don't have to put it through water tanks and, mm. and wash it and all that and sit in water tanks for 24 hours or whatever. don't need to do any of that. So it's, it's much more accessible, therefore, to people as well. Mm. Wow, um, yeah. You, you don't need water as much. So that, that's good for ecology, uh, ecology as, as, as well. And in... Brazil, and particularly the area I'm thinking about, the Cerrado, which is a well-known place there in, in Brazil, it its dry season matches up with the coffee season. Wow. So you don't get this rain. So it dry, it, the sun comes out and it's out. So after you've harvested, after you've gotten them ready to dry, the season is kind of in sync with that. Yep, yep. So you're not going to suddenly get downpours of rain. Like if other Peru, Indonesia, other places, they get some pretty... Downpours, and that's really hard on a farmer. What's the one with the monsoon? Mon- the- oh, monsoon. Well, it's called monsoon India. That's not yeah, coffee. it's not Brazil, but yeah, monsoon uh, Indian coffee, and it's uh, it's different again. That's another yeah. another but, I mean, variation. It's just a different effect of the weather and all yeah. that kind of stuff. There, they want the rain and the monsoon, but that's another story. Yeah, it's another story for another day. Well, and so when I, I guess I'm just curious on the Brazil side of coffee, when you have so so you can get Brazil coffee that's been naturally process with the pulp mm-hmm. and you can also get a water processed you can get wet. Um, wet more you're going to get the semi pulped which semi as it says it suggests yeah. it's in between so that again I, I, we haven't gone to detail of this but you take the cherry off the tree the, the mm-hmm. coffee cherry off the tree they take the skin off rather than just put it straight on the ground and that's natural they take right. the skin off and then this pulp looks like honey. That's and sometimes they call it the honey process. It's almost like a mucus kind of membrane yep, around it. Yep, it's just very yeah, slippery, slimy stuff. And they actually use that, put it on raised beds, and they turn it over and over, and they let it wow. that 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 mucilage soak back into the bean as well, without hmm. the skin on, which is, would make it natural if that was the case. And so, even getting coffees from a similar region or the same farm, if you could. Um, pulp versus semi-pulp versus wet, mm-hmm. you're going to have a possibly a very different flavor. Yes. It's not going to be hugely different. It's a tweak, again, rather than just totally mm. change the whole situation. Kind like last week when we talked about the Chemex and how yes. the different things, yep. the filter is going to, it's it's going to change it, 
but it's not going to create a different type of coffee. It's more going to just tweak it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. It's uh, it's uh, it, 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 it doesn't change it, but you can. I know when we get Brazil coffee in, we get from the farms around the ours is called Monte Carmelo, which is the name of a town, and there's about fifty farms around there that are part of the Rainforest Alliance, which is good in Brazil because that's mm. helping again um, rainforest, uh, obviously. Yeah, and other things too, but uh, because that's uh, drawn from there, we will draw from six, seven farms. We'll get eight different farms and taste all those. It's amazing, wow. and they we tune in on or home in on one that's similar to last year, so it doesn't change it completely. We're looking for us in our coffee. We're looking for a, a peanut note, and there's other things we're looking for too. Mm. You know, there's a good body, not much acidity, which is typical Brazil. Uh, and we want a, a peanut note, and we want that to be consistent from year to year. It's going to change again because you're right. not going to get it as, as much as last year, depending on climate and what goes on. Mm. Um, but uh, that's what we're looking for. Well, I guess that that leads me to is is I mean, obviously, like you were saying, it's going to be different year to year, different regions. I mean, Brazil is so large; there are so many different regions. Mm-hmm. But is Brazil as a whole does it have a flavor profile or any characteristics? that are consistent throughout Brazilian coffee that you can kind of, you go, oh, yeah, man, this is Brazil. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, you're going to, I don't want to oversimplify it, and there's going to be but like lots a thir- of exceptions. But a 30,000 foot view. Yeah, uh, typically it's, it's, it's when I'm, the Brazils I've tasted and other ones too, mm-hmm. it's usually low in acidity. Okay. That, that mouth high note in the mouth um, on your tongue, it's usually pretty low in that. Mm. And uh, and it's usually very smooth. It's quite viscous, um, and it's quite heavy. In other words, and it's a very smooth. And it usually got sweet flavors. When I say peanut, it's not necessarily this dried out sort of thing. It's more of that right. that, that sweet, um, oily peanut sort of feel to it. Yeah, or taste to it, I should say. Like a chocolate nutty. Chocolate. Yes. Yes. If you like chocolate, you're probably well. If you like chocolate, you're going to like Brazilian coffee possibly, but right. you may not want chocolate in your coffee. I had someone <laughs> where we had we had the you sometimes put the flavor notes on the coffee bag, and I had chocolate or peanuts had it on the bag for the Brazil. Uh huh. And she, oh, I can't have it. I'm allergic to peanuts. Oh no. <laughs> But it was just one of the flavors that you... It's just a natural flavor. It's not peanuts. There's no peanuts added. Exactly. Tricky. Or processed with it. Well, and I've got in my notes, here's something interesting, because I'm looking here, coffee produced in a certain certain, uh, part of Brazil may actually have some acidity. Oh, I guess it could. I'm not there on those notes where you were at that. Uh, Oh, I'm at the... Oh, yeah, that's all right, mate. I, and, and as I said, I, I didn't want to oversimplify saying right. that all Brazil, Brazil is so huge. You can have different things going on in the same farm. Right. And I mean, different regions are going to have different weather. Yes, yes. Different, different climates, we- different... You think of a, a coffee, uh, if there's a if it's hilly, which Brazil is not very hilly at all, mm. um, but on one side, the sun comes up and then it goes down on the other side. Right. The wind pattern going around that hill can change one side of the, the hill can be quite a different taste to the, the other side of the hill just because of climate. Are there any farms that cover two sides of a hill? I mean, you may not know of one specifically, but it's possible that even a farm could have oh, yes. two different tasting yes. or the beans throughout a farm might taste different from this tree to this tree to that yep. tree. We had some from El Salvador once just like that. And we, they would give us a taste of like a, a bird's eye around the, around the hill 
uh, oh, so this ones. coffee was from this side, yep, this corner. Yeah, they had names for I can't remember the names, but uh, you 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 can taste the difference. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, that's amazing that there's that much granularity to just the coffee, even at someone's same farm, mm-hmm. different spots, different coffees. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm I'm glad we got to drink some some Brazil with this one today. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of quite um, uh, yeah. So so Brazil as a as a country seems to be a well developed coffee country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I guess would it be one of the most developed, if not the most developed, coffee producing country for coffee? Not mm-hmm. necessarily as oh right yeah you know, technology and all that stuff, but as as a coffee producer because coffee is the biggest, almost biggest uh, industry. Yeah, they realize that so many people population are involved in coffee i don't mean just in cafes mm. or farms is in between how to get it from the farm to the cafe there's yeah. a whole lot of people are involved it's a huge number of the population are involved in coffee and their their uh, gross domestic product comes from the selling of coffee wow therefore they have and seen the foresight to see that they need to be putting back into coffee to to be on the edge, the the cutting edge of making coffee better, having new varieties, as I was saying, that that probably when you talk about um, honey processed coffees or semi pulped, mm-hmm. Brazil's done a lot of work there. There's a white, there's a red, there's a black, there's a blue. You know, there's a red pulp. How many? How long it gets to spend in the sun? Wow. How long they shade it? And it, it, it they would say it tastes different. And they've really dedicated quite a lot of time to these Very different processes, so. and it's. It's amazing how scientific it is in, in, in a lot of ways. Yes, yes. It's, uh, and and what they, because they've had so many methods, it's one of the coffees that's used the most of uh, in blends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's used a lot in espresso. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. Right. It's, it's, it's often there. And uh, I, I like it just as a straight, in fact, on my espresso machine right now, I have just a straight Brazil in there because it, it's just perfect. I don't need anything else. Oh yeah, no. I you know what? I would second that. I quite like it when you make. You've it. had some of that, have yeah, you? Yeah, that's quite good. And I guess that that leads me to thinking. And again, I think these questions might be semi not unneeded, maybe. But um, what are some ways that are what What are some good ways to enjoy Brazilian coffee? Obviously, you can make right. it any in any method. You can make it with any exactly anything but is there any ways that you would recommend like ah you know if you're going to taste straight brazil coffee here's some really good ways to extract that and taste that yeah yeah two uh, on my mind two things come to mind one would be yeah. french press which is what we're having today yeah and uh, french press is, is good at highlighting uh, the body of a coffee and i've already said that brazilian coffee is full of body it's a high, it would get a high score for, for body and um it's a nice, almost like a dessert coffee sometimes with that heavy body mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that chocolatey notes and the sweet notes. It's, it's kind of a nice. Yeah. If you like chocolate in the morning, it's probably a morning coffee too. Fair enough. I guess it depends <laughs> on what you, <laughs> what you like to eat at what time. croissants. Oh, no. We should have that for the next episode. Okay. No problem, mate. <laughs> but so French press is a good way to pull out that body and that, that, yeah. those notes. French press that are great for coffees that are lower in acidity. You get a high uh, acidic coffee like a Kenyan or something, and yeah, French press is not going to be the best way to do that, probably. Well, and as a quick side note, is is there, I guess, coffee like a Brazilian coffee? Do you see it blended with high acidic coffees sometimes to 
to counteract that? Yes, you can do that. You, and here you've got to work out your proportions. And we, I, I, I have one of the most exciting jobs out there because, you know, when I finish roasting, I can start going to the back of our, our facility and I start having proportions like we're talking, okay, the yeah. Brazil. I've just told everybody that Brazil is a great espresso. Let's say you put it with something like a Guatemala that's got some high acidity. Yeah. Ooh, okay. When we do uh, 20% and 80%, woo, that's got a high acidity. Let's, put a, let's make it 50-50. Let's mm. make it 80-20 and, and see what it tastes like as a French press, as a pour-over, as a hario, or as an espresso particularly. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it is incredible. You know, on its own, it has these these this flavor profile, this this um, construct of flavor. But then added with other coffees, you can use that as a you know to add on to something else. And, mm-hmm. You know, something else can add some brightness that it may lack or something like that. I think that's particularly as I was saying, it's used in a lot of blends, um, whether you're having a pour over type blend or an espresso. Because mm. it, it it adds that body and sweetness that you will lack otherwise. So if you're using an is in, in it if you're <laughs> using it in espresso, yes, it can offer some body and some sweetness that may may not be there in other coffees. That's right, which is the whole point of a of a blend. Right, you can use the good points of of two coffees, being careful that you don't overdo it and one starts shouting so loud that you can't hear the other country because it's just too loud <laughs> right well that, that might be something interesting next time you get a cup of coffee yes you or me or anybody uh-huh. listening it's is is to if it's a blend you know if they don't specifically say that it's it's a single origin or something like that to ask what is in that blend yeah. and yeah. But like we've said before if you ask that i would i i i Scared to say facts, but ninety percent of people, I feel like, would be super excited to share that with you. And well, sixty percent, perhaps. Whoa, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I think. But but I mean, like, yeah. I don't. Th- it doesn't hurt to ask, and I think that no, it. I don't. Basically, as I said about coffee roasters in the past, uh, unless they've got some reason for particularly not to do it, but they're keen to share what it's like. Because even if you go home and say they said sixty forty percent. Well, and they may not um, give you a percentage. Even, they may but not if they even give you the the the, um, the different coffees yeah. in there. And even if they did give you the percentage, what how they roast it's going to be different. To, if you're roasting at home, for instance, right, you you're going to do it very differently. And is Brazil good for cold brew as well? I haven't had it that well. I've had it, I was going to say I haven't had it that much as a cold brew, but at work they've been using it as a cold brew, and actually it tastes really good. I'm not really a cold brew sort of coffee. Now, drinker. is it cold brew on nitro? Or is it just cold brew? By straight without nitro. Oh, both. Gotcha. Yeah. And it works well for both. It does. Yeah. No. It, funny enough, cold brew, because of the process of a whole night waiting and, uh, you know, it's, right. <laughs> it's interesting what coffees can taste really good as a cold brew. Our Ethiopia yeah. tastes really good as a cold brew as well. And there's a whole almost different animal because, you know, heat can sometimes disguise flavor and mm-hmm. all these different things. So as you get cold, how do you change the flavor so that it's good cold. I think that's a whole other episode on cold brew. <laughs> we may need to get a guest in on that. I know. <laughs> get an expert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's, that is a, it's amazing how you can do, drill down into a, a single origin mm-hmm. of coffee and pull out so much and, and not even touch other origins or other coffees. You know, it's amazing. That, and, you know, El Salvador is going to be completely different. Yep. yep. And I should say before we finish is yep. that uh, one of the big differences, and I say there's a lot of differences in Brazilian coffee just from the, the varietal itself, mm. but uh, particularly 
uh, mechanization of the harvest is a big plus for Brazil. What do you uh, mean by mechanization? Because it's a lot, it's flat, basically. Mm. They can plant it with, uh, the trees are quite a well apart, and they can, looks like a combine harvester, basically. They can go through, it has these little rods that they shake the leaves, <laughs> yeah. and the, the ripe uh, cherries drop off. Wow. And... So therefore, you don't need someone coming through and picking by hand, which is very laborious. It's you know that's a that's a big work to do. Right. Whereas when you get a machine just go through in a few hours, it's done a you know part of the farm. Uh, you've saved a lot on labour costs. Right. And, uh, but Brazil get away with it because of the climate and because of of its flatness that it can it, it you can't have a combine harvester going up the Andes in Peru to get your coffee. <laughs> no, not not quite so much. No, not going to work. Well, and I guess with the the ability to to use more advanced mechanics and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff for that, does that help the farmer to get? Um, he can produce his bean for cheaper, or I would assume. You know he can he can speed up that process. Does that mean he gets paid more fairly for that because of well, that, or is that that's, yeah, that's a whole new bag? That, of, that's another I, I, it's bag pretty, of worms. Unfortunately, not always quite as easy as that. Unfortunately, yeah, um, because the mechanization of, of harvesting coffee is some of the bigger plantations and so you know the big players. Yeah, and uh, hopefully they're doing well with their wages for their their workers anyway. Mm, right. Yeah. Well. Well, I. I'm I'm glad we got to drink some Brazil and I'm I I learned a lot today. Good, um, good. But uh, yeah, so if there's any other types of coffees that you're curious about and you want to learn more about and it's not Brazil, let us know and we can definitely see what we can do to to compile some information. We we always enjoy requests. Um, and as 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 we always say, feel free to reach out to us with questions, comments, concerns. Um, that's about yeah. Well, on on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, also on our on our on our website, we just got a new little thing. I don't know if I told you about this. No, I'll say. But uh, we got a little mail thing, so you can enter your email address oh. and you can hit subscribe. Oh, yeah. And then you get like special updates and stuff. Oh, like I can I can mail to myself and I can answer my question to myself and yes, and get, you could get sign an update up. from you, myself. You could sign up and I could answer you. Oh, I, I'm gonna think of a question. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have that as well. Um, and this is our first episode on video. For oh, those who are listening on a podcast, know. it's I not. Would've, but, would've done my hair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the hair. Careful, <laughs> careful. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and we are we are just honored we get to do this, and it's it's fun and exciting, and we hope that you get something out of it, learn something new, and uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and listening, and we will uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. 